listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Now, how much better is Mahomes today expected for this upcoming game? So, Fez, you do the numbers. What's your Mahomes number versus Brady? Just give me the net difference. Three and a half. Wow. Wow. That's huge. So, I'm not saying it's wrong. So, give me a quarterback. Take a minute on your list, and I'm going to get Jonas's thought. Give me a quarterback that's three and a half points better than his backup. All right? Jonas, my question to you, how much do you think Mahomes is better than Brady today? I don't know if it's that much. Um because I'm thinking about how they've played recently, and you can argue that Brady over a certain stretch of time has had better performances than Mahomes. Well, that's interesting. See, I would make the case that Brady has played, if you take the three games of the playoffs so far, it might be hard to find another three games I think Brady's played worse, meaning he's he's done enough to win, but multiple interceptions. and mul- you know, But interceptions don't tell the whole story, but... Hmm. So I agree with you. I think three and a half is a bit much. But but let me ask you, what what was it in the recent Brady performances? Because obviously the interceptions are bad. What was it that had you more uh, positive about them than maybe others? Well, one, he finished the games. Mahomes didn't. Fi- Mahomes didn't finish one of those games. So Brady's finished all these games. He's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. had to go on the road to do so in all of these games. And if you look at how he's performed and how they've played since the bye week, the late bye week, like we've talked about, if I agree. That's that, a key demarcator. Yeah, and if you took that window, I would be curious to see how the numbers break down his numbers against Mahomes from that point of the season. Because I would argue Tampa Bay finished up the season much better and has been playing much better football for a longer period of time than Kansas City has as we pointed out they have you know Buffalo was the first time they'd cover the spread since I think November 1st we had talked about so that's yeah listen you're making such a key point let's take a minute and shine a light on it that's Jonas Knox we're straight out of Vegas so Brady and the Bucks got to buy week 12 since then there's been seven games for the Bucks seven games for the Chiefs Bucks have scored 34.3 points a game Chiefs 26.4. Okay. Now, that's arbitrary. We're obviously start. We're not arbitrary for Tampa Bay. It was a buy. That's the idea. They put some New England stuff in. They were able to recalibrate almost like a halftime adjustment in the season. I would say the following. We got two teams here that if you just look at their season numbers, you're not getting the whole story. With Tampa Bay, it's that demarcator, the buy, Brady, and Bruce Arians, their debates about how much of the old stuff, how much of the new stuff. And by all accounts, there's more New England in the Bucks post-buy. And the team's been better, no doubt. Kansas City, on the other hand, and McKenzie, pregame.com research, get that number ready regarding when it's a competitive game, because we'll use this as an example, is Kansas City is probably the first team I've seen, and I've been a skeptic of it, that seems to turn it on and off in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA. You can see it in other sports. But the NFL is vicious. If you just drop 5%, you get run over. Yes. Think about Jimmy. What was the difference between those Cowboy teams that won two Super Bowls in the early 90s and then Jimmy Johnson left and they won one more in a poorly officiated game against the Steelers is that team after the second Jimmy Johnson Super Bowl won one more. We can talk about Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, they won one Super Bowl after, and they were young after that second win. Young. I mean, like, I think Eggman was like 24. 
So if you would have said, how many Super Bowls is Emmitt Smith, uh, Aikman, Irvin, you would have said over under one and a half, you would have went over through the roof. Right? It's going to be analogous here if they win a second. Right? If we, I said over under for Mahomes one and a half after winning this game Sunday, you'd go over, right? I think it's right. One uh, and a half. Then, then let's make a contingent bet right now. Thousand bucks. <laughs> it, it, it only happens if uh, Kansas City wins, and then from there we have a thousand dollar bet. Will Mahomes win two or more? If so, from there. If so I win. If not, you win. This is a shrewd bet by you because if you win, you're going to win in like five years, and if I win, I'm not going to collect till oh, no, that's retires. a very valid point. That's a very. We'll debate that one, and after the break. But listen, you're not getting out of it because of that. Uh, That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. See, that's the beauty of this show. And <laughs> if you've a long-time listener, you know this, is if you're willing to say it, you better be willing to bet it. Because there's nothing worse than blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, you want to bet? Uh, no, um, <clears throat> actually, my money's in bonds. No, 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 no. doesn't work that way here, Feds. We'll see if you stand up or not. Okay. So if you look at that difference, and the reason we got off on the Cowboys was they had the same players. They had they were Hall of Famers and Nate Newton and the line, that line. They just didn't have that last bit of fire. Whatever it was, that last bit of fire. And they won, you know, one, but that's it. So Kansas City somehow has said, we don't need that fire. We can win. We won't win by margin, but we're going to win. We might not be showing you the really strong plays because we don't need to show you those tricky plays. And people that watch the X's and O's tell me that Kansas City in high leverage spots in the red zone has plays that you've never seen before. Meaning it's not like, oh, they ran that six months ago. It's like uh, Andy Reid has... One-time plays ready just for high-leverage spots in the red zone. I don't know how many other coaches are doing that because they're able to win without using their best stuff in certain spots. I'm still skeptical, but if you look at how good Kansas City has been with Mahomes when they play a competitive team, so let's define that. So, McKenzie, when we did the work, what was the line criteria for a competitive game? The Chiefs were not favored by six or more. Now, did that, if it was a playoff game, was it competitive no matter what? Yes. Okay, so all playoff games are counted. Other games that the Chiefs were not favored by six or more. That's a great definition. Now, you come into the game favored by seven, yeah, it's competitive, but you're a clear favorite. Favored by five, mm, it's a tight game. And how, what's Mahomes' stats per, now, we did one other thing. When the game got out of hand, when we see Kansas City slow way down, right, and teams come back, we don't count those stats. We only count when the game is super competitive or, or competitive during the game. So, Mahomes, how many games does this encompass? 25 games since he first became a starter in 2018. All right, so 25 games that meet the criteria of, like, the Super Bowl game. How, how many yards per game did he accomplish? If you look at his pro-rated per competitive quarter, 370 yards per game, 70 yards higher than his average during that time. I mean, it really shows. Again, yards aren't the only measure, but it shows you. Now, could they do that all the time? No, because they wouldn't have these plays that no one's ever seen. But So in a way, they're saying we don't need it, typically, Kansas City, and it's going to make us even better. I'm thinking it makes them worse because they're losing their edge by not fighting hard all the time. Maybe they're better in these spots because they've saved the good stuff, the plays, the tricks. Thoughts, right? 
Yeah, and they already are so creative with the playmaking. The first time these two teams played early in the game in the red zone, Kelsey threw a pass to Mahomes. So plays like that might be coming. So Kansas City, because they do seem to play differently in different spots, competitive games, competitive situations within them, they are shockingly good. Tampa Bay, because first year, new quarterback, COVID. And now we got McKenzie warmed up. Take a minute and as I'm talking, and we had a stat regarding how teams tend to do when they change quarterbacks and how much of a detriment that is for the first season. And I, you know, obviously the analogy is going to be how did Tampa Bay do this year versus other teams changing quarterbacks over the last X years. We'll get to that in a second, but it's amazing that Tampa's done so well, and it kind of makes sense as to wait later in the year because they've evolved as a team. And the bye coming when it did, it makes it perfect. Jonas's point is such a good one. Tampa Bay's been better since that bye. Do you have that data? Yeah, so the last five years, compared to their season average, quarterbacks on a new team have underperformed by a half a win per game per, or per season. So we were looking at the season-long over-under wins. And how many teams fall in that category? 35 over the last five years. All right, so we got 35 teams with a new quarterback, and on average, a half a game below. Now, people are saying, half? What's that? Fez, how important is that? Yeah, so that's 17 points over the course of a season. So a, a win is about... Um, 35. Th- one win or a half a win? One win is 35 points. Yeah, so you're saying that you just start the season because you got a new quarterback. History says you're going to score 17 less points. Yes, and Tampa not only met the average, but obviously far exceeded it because they had, what, nine and a half wins and they won 11. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. So think about it. They're supposed to win a half game less and they win a game and a half more. I'm not saying, oh, my God, it's the most. I'm saying in general, the bias was against Tampa this year. And the theory was they would get better as the season went on. They have gotten better as the season went on. So I think if you look at their season stats for Tampa, you're wrong. Do you think Jones. that – so their bye week was week 13. The team they played before their bye week, before they went on this run, was Kansas City. Do you think there was something to – they saw how they, how they matched up against Kansas City. They saw what the best in the league looked like, and let's get into the bye week and figure out how we can get to that level. And maybe it was that Chiefs game that kind of pushed Tampa in this direction and got them on this run to begin with. You know, that's a, a very interesting point because I would make the case that's part of it blended in with there was just general dissatisfaction with Tampa's performance. Yeah. I mean, if you actually look at those games right before Kansas City. Lost to the Rams. I, so I agree. I think this, I think to whatever degree they said, let's change. I mean, if they were undefeated, they probably wasn't, weren't going to change very much, right? So I, I think that Kansas City showed them not only aren't you the best team in the league, when they're playing hard, you, you're not even in the same universe. Now, I tell you, there's two ways to look at that, though. And this is another complexity in this game. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. You could make the case Kansas City had them when they were trying, and they quit trying and let them back in it, but they still won. They had the game in hand. That's one take. The other take could be, huh, Kansas City had one plan. Tampa had trouble with it. Tampa adjusted. And after they adjusted, they shut down the offense of Kansas City, and they dominated offensively against Kansas City. Because if you because Fez, pull the Fez magic of you can make anything <laughs> sound like anything. Couldn't you make the case, hey, if we were going back in time and Tampa doesn't know what they know now and all the assumptions, yeah, the, Tampa's better. But we're today. And after today, what we've seen in the last three quarters is, and Tampa's been a ton better, right? 
Yes. And that's really not a crazy way to look at it. And the point of demarcation post-buy makes a lot of logical sense. As you mentioned, COVID year, new quarterback. But now you're, again, literally making the opposite point. So think about it. They played before the buy, correct? Yes. You're talking about things that happened after the buy. I'm saying the demarcator could be the buy, which we discussed a few minutes ago. So if you had a time machine, you could have went back and discussed it there. <laughs> but here we're saying, if you actually look at the game before, right, it was Kansas City, that if you split that game in half, the first, you know, maybe not half, the first 40% of it, Kansas City dominated. And from there, Tampa dominated. So which of the two do you take more seriously? The thing that happened first or the thing that happened most recently? All things being equal, you usually take the thing that happens more recently, right? Exactly. But you do see it's unrelated to the buy, correct? I do. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. RJ, we've been breaking down and previewing Super Bowl 55 and discussing where the point spread is at, and you believe as the voice of Vegas that Kansas City actually is the right side. Well, I think the line is justifiable. First, so Jones, are, are we getting this tape ready to go for the uh, Radio Hall of Fame? Because <laughs> I think this is one we might want to submit. Because this has been a hell of a show. And if you haven't heard the whole thing, check out the podcast. But as we said last segment, if you actually look at it, defensively, Tampa, number six, KC, number 18. Fez says, hey, that's a three-point spread he'd make it if it, we only knew those facts. That'd be Tampa favored by three. We looked at the playmakers, Running backs, receivers, tight ends. We can debate it, but it's pretty close to even. Okay, still minus three. We look at the O-line because of the injuries and such a tackle specifically for Kansas City. We're giving a point to Tampa, clearly better O-line. Now it's four. We're giving almost a point for home field advantage. Now it's five. Wait a minute, Tampa minus five? The only difference is Mahomes versus Brady. The GOAT now or the GOAT of all-time high performance, Mahomes, Versus the go on career performance, Brady. As you said, three and a half points better for Mahomes. Okay, let's accept it. Still, Tampa would be favored. What's going on? Here's what's going on. It's 2021. And in 2021, in the modern NFL, defense doesn't matter all that much. Doesn't matter how good you are. It's like, think of it like this. is If you lost the competition if someone made one free throw out of 10, you can kind of think of a bunch of ways to make him decrease his number of free, free throws. Maybe the sun put up a bank board in one spot, something. You could do all But in, the bar is so low, nothing you do is going to stop a, a pro from making one out of 10 free throws. Well, in football now, look at the bad quarterbacks that put up yards. It's like it's so easy to throw. Your defense doesn't matter all that much. Right? If you actually looked at the playoff teams, they were all the best offensive teams. And just coincidentally, a few had good defense. All right. But if defense does matter to whatever degree, against the pass, defending the pass matters so much more than defending the run. So, yeah, we said Tampa was number six defensively, but they're number 10 against the pass, number one against the run. So they're really good. Tampa is on defense against what doesn't matter much anymore. Mm. Now you look at the Kansas City defense, they're number 18. But against the pass, they're 14. Against the run, they're 26. So if you just look against the pass, Tampa's 10, KC's 14. They're pretty close, even though it seems like a blowout if you look at defense as a whole. Then you flip to the other side, Kansas City has the best passing attack 
at least on paper, they were right up there statistically. And Tampa, not as good. And Tampa's goodness has something to do with running, not as much with Kansas City. So if you look at all stats, act like it was 2010, Tampa should be favored in this game. And you know what? This applies when it comes to plays, too. Whereas the first down running at Tampa, it's old school football. Andy Reid's in his 60s, but he's, he plays it new school. So you've got a coaching matchup, old school versus new school. If you teleported someone from 2005 to today, he's going to be betting Tampa Bay like it's going out of style. Today's Sharps are probably more on Kansas City. What do you think, Jonas? And then we'll do our best bet. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good point. That's always been Tampa. The last two years is at the number one rush defense. Last year they didn't make the playoffs, and and this year their defense struggled at times against certain teams. So yeah, it is. It does seem like a little bit of an antiquated stat or category. Oh, antiquated comes to today's NFL. So all right, it's best bad time. Come on, baby, eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> We're gonna go over yardage. Sammy Watkins over thirty-seven is a fair number to grade it at. Best bet from RJ. And here's why. It's simple. Tyreek Hill embarrassed Tampa. You can't be a coordinator that wants a head coaching job, a second chance at it, and think that Tyreek Hill is going to put up another 170 and you're going to be okay, that no one's going to blame you. So they're going to do whatever it takes to stop Tyreek Hill. And now what's left? Yeah, we know Kelsey's going to get a lot. and His numbers are high, sky high. My thought is Watkins, if he's even close to healthy, and we got news today that he looks like he is, is going to get a lot of opportunity. And 37 yards ain't that much. 10 seconds, Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I love it because the number three and four wide receivers, Hardman, Pringle, et cetera, just aren't that good for Kansas City. So, so official best bet, R.J. Bell, Watkins, receiving yards over 37. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 